It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros play the second game of a three-game series against the Seattle Mariners. Astros took game one, 11-1 yesterday. Jordan Alvarez, first game back, first plate appearance back, hit a three-run home run, drove in four. Josh Reddick, three hits, including an RBI double, as the Astros have now won two in a row, and three of their last four Mariners have dropped three in a row and six of eight. Astros are 9-10. They're third in the AL West, four and a half games behind Oakland. The Mariners in last in the West, seven and a half games behind the A's with a record of 7-14. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Christian Javier on the mound for the Astros today, making his fourth big league start. And his last start Sunday in Oakland, that was really the first time that we've seen him struggle at the big league level. Curious to see how he bounces back. Yeah, I'm curious to see if there's any kind of adjustments that, that Javier makes because we're not seeing the swing and miss on the fastball, and that's all we ever heard about in the minor leagues, the, the invisible fastball where you got so many swing and misses, but we're not seeing that much. Uh, he's getting all his swing and misses on the breaking stuff right now. So uh, once he starts to add that, that fastball where it, it needs to be, and, and we've learned in the last few years, haven't we, that it's the, the spin rate that makes it really special. So if they can figure out a way to, to get that spin rate back, whether it's the finger position, arm position, whatever it is, uh, man, he's going to be cooking with gas. Nick Margavishus, left-hander on the mound for Seattle today, and he's making just his second start, only through 61 pitches in his first start Saturday against the Rockies. And you think about how much the Mariners used their bullpen in yesterday's ball game, and Margavishus probably not going to be able to get super deep in today's game. As they're probably still going to be watching his pitch count a little bit. Scott Service hopeful for five innings out of Margavishus. Uh, seventh rounder uh, with the Padres got into – I think 12 starts for the, the Padres last year. Doesn't throw real hard, under 90 miles per hour on fastball velocity. So I think you can stay back. I, I don't think you have to really honor that fastball unless you have two strikes. So I think for the Astros, it's shoot the other, uh, the opposite field gap, stay back, and, and uh, do what you did last night. Man, last night looked uh, vicious by the offense. It really did. Keys to the game are presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, we saw the offense really click on all cylinders during that nine-run first inning that the Astros had and uh, did a nice job, I thought, of adjusting. It may not sound like a whole lot, but uh, thought you say Kikuchi was going to start. He was a late scratch. They found out uh, less than an hour before game time that it was going to be Nestor Cortez, but didn't seem to miss a beat after that. 
They didn't. So maybe a little bit lucky early. You know, Springer reaches on a catcher's interference. There's yeah. a couple errors by Seattle. But then Jordan came up, and he popped them, and it just really seemed to spark the team. And, that, you know, maybe that's a little aggressive to say that, but I really thought it did. You yeah. know, and then everybody started putting together these great at-bats. And if you remember, before that three-run homer by Jordan, it was him laying off some really close pitches to right. get to that one. Uh, and that's what he did all last year, you know, and that's what makes him so good. And, man, you start hearing responses from the players after the game and the interviews, and they're saying, yeah, I mean, that's that's somebody that we really count on. And, and we expect him to make an impact. So uh, jump on board, man. Jordan Alvarez is back. Absolutely. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros hitting coach Troy Snitker. Always good to talk to a hitting coach after the team scores 11 runs. <laughs> and a little later, we'll hear from Julia Morales, the field reporter on the Astros television broadcast. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. And Alvarez hits it in the air to left field. Looking up is Gordon, and see you later! A three-run home run for Jordan Alvarez. Welcome back. And the Astros lead it 4-1. to one. That's ripped deep down the left field line. Gordon giving chase, and that one is gone. Back-to-back jacks. First Alvarez, now Gurriel. The Astros put up a nine spot. Astros nine, Mariners one. And welcome back to Astrolots. I'm with Troy Snicker, Major League hitting coach for the Houston Astros. And whatever you said yesterday, Snit. Say that again, nine runs in the first. Oh, man, you ain't kidding. We had to abort mission and uh, start start panicking right before the game. <laughs> 30 minutes ago, I get I get a FaceTime from Joe telling me Kikuchi's out, Cortez is in. Everybody stops hitting. We have about six guys in the cage. Everybody stops hitting. We start watching new film. <laughs> there you so, go. So, yeah, so every, everybody's changing plans right off the bat. Uh, so how much do you have to, to change as a, as a big league hitter with a, with a different pitcher? Uh, just different mindset, diff, different game plan. You know, you watch those guys all day and kind of come up with a plan of what you want to look for, or where you want to look, and what you want to do off him, how he's pitched you before, and then, then bam, flip it up 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so, how specific are you guys with a particular pitcher and his trends in certain counts or runner in scoring position, things like that? Uh, it's all individual. Um, it's based off. It's based off each of our guys, um, what their strengths are what the pitcher's strengths are, how it matches up, how they've pitched them in the past. Yeah, we, we look at tendencies. We look at, we look at patterns that these guys get into. And, but, but pitchers, they always, uh, you know, they're, they're only somewhat predictable. Just because they've done one thing in the past doesn't mean they're going to do it that day against us. Uh, we see guys all the time try to change, you know, put a kink in the plan, do something a little bit different just because we do have such good hitters. And so some of it's hard to predict, but, but the guys, uh, they do their homework. They, they see how they match up against them and, and kind of narrow it down to, you know, maybe a few pitches or a few locations. So it's, it's individual, individualized. Hey, having myself uh, played in the minor leagues a long time, I've been around a lot of hitting coaches and all of them seemed uh, to, to come up with an invention. They, figured, they, they felt like they figured it out. They, they were going to come up with an invention to magically help some guy hit 300 or 
or hit 40 homers. Did you fall into that trap? Yeah, no, no, no inventions, no, no tricks, no toys. You've seen them though. <laughs> yeah, I've seen all of them. I'm, I, I'm not going down that that rainbow. All right, about eight or ten years ago, Snip, we, we saw a lot more shifts, and particularly against left-handed hitters. I think it's our, I think of Ryan Howard or even a Brian McCann, guys that pull. Uh, if you can't get the ball in the air, man, you're gonna you're gonna hit about 200. What do you do as far as a guy coming into the league? We know Jordan can go deep the other way, but Kyle Tucker's of the world to try to help them uh, to succeed in this this world of shifts. Well, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that ground balls are outs yeah. nowadays more than ever. Um, you know, we're not playing with holes up the middle. We're not playing with the six and the four hole the same way as it used to be. Right. Pretty, pretty much if, you know, if you hit the ball on the ground, you're out. And that's something that guys are, you know, some guys have had to figure out the hard way. Um, but it's, it's hard to shift line drives to the outfield and line drives over outfielders' heads. And I think it's just – it's you know we knew that before we knew that before the shifts guys just had more room for error yeah when when they did miss hit balls and they hit them on the ground so i think it's just basically what the shifting has done and and it's the same thing as what the the improvement in the quality of pitching that we're seeing has done it's yeah. just forcing us to be more efficient it's it's forcing us to to perform at a higher rate to be able to produce the same the same numbers you can't uh and, it, and it's not as easy as saying, hey, just hit the ball the other way on the ground. That's kind of hard to do when the, when the guy's throwing 96 with four off-speed pitches that are, are pretty gross. Uh, it, it's, it's not an easy thing. So you don't want to take away a guy's strength um, by trying to carve balls the other way on the ground all the time. So it's just it, – it basically, it basically takes the game plan or, or the goal to how many line drives can I hit to the outfield. It's hard to defend a, a line drive over the infielder's heads. Yeah. And it's hard to defend a line drive over the outfielder's head. So it's just, it just puts some pressure on hitters to, hey, your misses are no longer our quality misses. They're outs now. So um, it, it's just forcing defense is getting better. Pitching is getting better. And, and adding reports. And we've seen that it's, it's taken a few years for, for the offense to, to catch up a little bit. And, and it's just the, the name of the game now is how, you know, how good can you be at hitting the ball as hard as you can on a line to the outfield? Yep. Reddick's doing a good job of it three weeks in. What do you see with Reddick right now? And he just, he's, uh, he's really in control of what he's doing. He's, he's hitting the ball the other way. He's spraying it all over the field. He's covering yeah. a big part of the plate. Um, he's covering a lot of different pitches in a lot of different locations right now. And, and the swing has just been, it's been consistent. All right, talking with Troy Snecker, he's the Astros hitting coach. I, I want to ask you this thing. And what do you see as a, a kind of a sneaky common trait for all really good major league hitters? If there's a college kid out there right now and you said there's a common trait with these guys, what is it? Get really strong and be in really good positions. <laughs> well, where do you have to be the most strong? Forearms, wrist, what? Um, probably hips, core, legs. You know, you see, uh, you see a lot of the, the best hitters in the league. They, they're, they're powerful. They're powerful. They move really fast. They're really strong. Um, they're, they're able to get tight really quick. Mm. You know, if, if, for example, a guy, a guy like, you know, Hosey. Hosey's not very big, but that guy's just as strong as anybody in the league. And, and that's where he makes up for, for a lot of it. He's, He's as strong and as twitchy as anybody else. 
Yeah. Jordan's obviously one of the, I mean, even coming up, he was one of the more powerful athletes that we had in our system. He was, he, he could run, he could, you know, he was strong. He, you know, that, that plays across the big leagues. You know, if you, you look at, you look at big leaguers, you go from a, from an A ball game to a big league game. The guys are a little bigger. They're stronger. They look different. Yeah. All right. Last thing, Troy, and I don't want to, but, but I, I kind of have to, uh, we've seen it before when Altuve goes into a little slide and he comes out and he usually gets about eight or 10 hits in a row. Uh, what does he yeah, need to back it's on? It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. We're not worried about him. Um, he's, he's still taking some, some really, really good swings. It's just, it's good. just consistency right now. He, he's still got it in him. He's still, he's done some really impressive, impressive things at times this season. And he, he's going to, he's going to get back. He's, he's, uh, you can't hold that guy down long. Appreciate it, man. Uh, right, let's go three in a row. Appreciate you. Thanks, Ryan. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Julia Morales, the field reporter for the Astros television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. And I say field reporter, but none of us are allowed by the field before, during, or after games. So you're usually down by the dugout during games. Uh, but this year you've been in the booth next to us up here on, on press level. So completely just t- changed the dynamic of your job. Well, I'm a lot closer to you guys, so there's some good and some bad to that. No, I'm just kidding. No, it is. It's a whole different perspective for me. There are still foul balls that head this way, which in the beginning I was like, oh, good, I'm not in the line of fire anymore. However, you do have to pay attention up here too, which I do. But, uh, no, I'm getting used to it. I do miss my little cubby down there. I miss the, you know, the... The fact that I could see in the dugout and, and really be able to tell what these guys were doing and their interactions and things like that. Um, but it's what we're doing here in 2020, and uh, I just feel more comfortable and a little more normal than I did probably two weeks ago. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think we're all just kind of adjusting to what normal looks like in, in 2020 as far as baseball is concerned. And one of your strengths doing your job and a big part of your job is being in the clubhouse and, and learning about the players and getting stories, obviously, about what's going on, what they're doing day-to-day on and off the field. But it's a little different now. The access is a lot different. So how have you tried to, to get those stories and, and tell those stories? That's a good question. Yeah, that was the challenge coming in, and we knew that. And I was actually a little bit worried, too. You know, just what can I bring to the broadcast? In the beginning, we had a, a lot of good ideas about, you know, especially fans. How can I bring fans into the broadcast? How can we talk? And we we did that early on and, and we're able to do some zoom interviews that turned into some really cool features but the day-to-day like you said it's just uh the the little one-off stories that i get or the pieces of information that i can put together for a story that I, that are really challenging being so far however we've been able to set up some early zooms that maybe aren't you know the general media zooms mm-hmm. we've had guys on headsets come out and then they know they're talking to me and they know that it's you know it's that one-on-one feel and i can get some some good stuff from them through that also tk and blum are doing it too i know you do your your weekly stuff it's just a different dynamic and they know that and they're comfortable with us so they can kind of fall back on the way things were that takes work on their part, too, so I do appreciate them uh, coming out and spending a little extra time so that way we can get the more exclusive stuff for the broadcast. But so far, so good. We've had some good stories to tell. You know, the coaches have been available, 
And I've gotten some really great stuff through them, especially with all these young guys and having an Omar Lopez on the staff. I don't, you know, I don't know how if, if y'all been able to pick his brain like I have, but gosh, he has great stories about these guys in the minors. So that's been really fun to, to share those stories with fans. Now you got to talk about Anoli Paredes, who fans have gotten to see pitch, uh, and certainly has been one of the more impressive of the young relievers that has been here. But uh, I saw an interview with you did with him a, a few days ago. Anoli's cannolis. What can you tell us about that? <laughs> that was so great. So we caught wind of this promotion that was done for Fayetteville, uh, which the Fayetteville Woodpeckers best minor league name anyway so what a great team what a great start for them and it's a shame that they're they're not up and about right now but we actually found out that that was a promotion that they did it was sweet martha's cannolis and they brought in a noli one day to take a picture with a plate of cannolis and you know it was plastered all over their facebook well once we figured that out i was like i cannot wait to get this kid to sit down uh, because i also know his personality i got to know him a little bit in spring training spend some time with him his english is great um he's just a really easy guy to talk to and so once we sat him down which is like i'm saying it was one of those headset interviews that we had exclusive access to and and i mean that soundbite was gold uh, you know if I, if you fans haven't seen it go and find it because it shows you his personality his genuineness He's so smiley when he talks. I mean, it's just he has a lot of fun, and that I think that energy is really infectious to other guys too. But he thought that was the funniest thing. He'd never had a cannoli before, um, you know, and he thought that was so funny that his name rhymed with a cannoli, and he had to tell his mom and dad. I mean, it just it's just so pure and innocent, and I'm just so excited for him to be up here and then, of course, to be having success too. Now, I know this is radio, but I'm going to let the audience in on a secret. Well, it's not a secret, but you're pregnant. You're expecting at the end of September. Uh, you look great, by the way. How are you feeling, and uh, how's that been? Because, I mean, it's like as if you haven't had everything else to navigate during 2020, you've also been dealing with uh, bringing your first child into the world. Yeah, it's our first, and we are super excited. You know, I, I knew in spring training, and no one else knew, and so I was dealing with the fun morning sickness that, that wow. women talk about and, and surviving those early mornings, um, you know, and then the world shut down. So I, I didn't have a reason to really share that news. I didn't really feel good about sharing that news at that time. It was just such a dark time in our country and our world. Um, but once baseball started to pick up, I did share it. People were so excited, especially Astros fans. It's so fun to, to know that it really is a family feel to this organization. But I'm, I'm eight months pregnant now. I am very far along, and it is hot in Houston. And, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting by. I actually do feel pretty good. And the, the walk from my car to the ballpark is probably the hardest thing that I have to do every day because it just, you know, I'm just so hot. It's so hot here. Um, but we're getting there. I'm hoping to work until I absolutely can't work, and she decides to make her debut. She's a girl, by the way. Uh, we're having a baby girl. Um, but my due date, the fun, the most fun part of this is that the due date is the day after the regular season. So, you know, end of September, if all of a sudden I'm not on TV, there's there's going to be a lot of wondering. And uh, and we'll be sure to, to relay that message if, you know, if she does happen to make her debut early. All right. Astros television field reporter, mom-to-be, Julia Morales, thanks so much for joining us and uh, continued success. And, and can't wait to meet uh, your baby here, hopefully, in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, and I'm not letting Sparky name her either. Don't worry, everyone. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, open it up to questions for Josh Reddick. Jordan homering in his, his first at bat. I guess nothing ceases to amaze you with this guy. What was the reaction, uh, you know, when, when he pulled that off? For me personally, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I feel like we come when Jordan comes up, we expect him to 
do some pretty great things. So uh, really cool moment. You know, a guy who's, you know, probably been fighting, grinding his teeth to get back here in this lineup, just comes in and steps in and produces. That's what he's done since he got up here last year. So um, for me, not really surprising, but uh, I know I had to feel good for him. Josh, what sort of just presence does he give your lineup? Just especially hitting like fifth or sixth at the back end of the order. What sort of just presence does he provide? Oh, huge, huge boost for us. You know, not, not only the power department, but like I said, driving in the runs and then really working counts and giving some guys some protection, not only behind him, but ahead of him as well. He really provides a lot of uh, production and protection for us, you know, especially hitting behind a guy like Breggy who walks so, so often and, you know, when Altuve is – doing Altuve things is going to be pretty spectacular if we can continue to get on front of, get on base for him and in front of him for guys like Bregman and Jordan to really drive us in. But he just brings that fear factor for us in the middle of our lineup and then really just helps us move our lineup along better. Josh, what does a game like this do for you guys? You know, it gets us on our toes, really, because we haven't seen this lineup do what it's, it's, it's capable of doing all year. So I think this is a bit of a wake-up call for us to finally realize that you know, we're, we're, we're here and we're here to stay right now. We got we to gotta ride this wave. Um, but it, was, it was good to see us get that, that out of the way to, to kind of give us that motivation. Josh, getting Jordan back today after an off day, this almost tonight feel like a fresh start? A little bit, yeah. It feels like a little bit of, of a kind of a second opening day, so to speak. Um, which is, like I said, just going back to having him back gives us that big boost and, and you know, as obvious as his production is. He just brings us that, that, that feared hitter in the lineup that, that pitchers probably don't want to see come up to the plate. Do one more for Josh. How often uh, have you had two hits in an inning? Is that, do you remember doing that a few other times? I'm not sure if I've done it in the big leagues before. I don't, I don't recall. I think the last time I did it was probably in AAA right before I got called up. All right, Josh, thanks for the time. All right, Dusty. Yes. We'll get started. Questions for Dusty Baker. Okay. Dusty, what did it feel like to watch that first inning unfold with your offense? Well, first, uh, I, I had to watch that first inning unfold with uh, with Framber because it was kind of adventure, and he was he was all over everywhere. He was, uh, uh, you know, wasn't comfortable on the mound. And uh, I mentioned before the game that the manager's nightmares before you had a long uh, string of games that that your pitcher doesn't go very far in the game. And uh, puts pressure on your bullpen, but he settled down, and uh, uh, you know got got through six innings under under 100 pitches because we were like it looked like it was going to be 100 pitches in the third or fourth, but uh, that was big for us. Uh, and then that, and then they helped us, you know, with some untimely defense on their part, and uh, we capitalized on it. And uh, you know, Big Alvarez deposited one in the Crawford box. I mean, and hit after hit and. You know, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, when you – I think that's that's our record this year. I don't know what the record is for this team in the past, but, you know, you score nine runs in that first inning, it, it, it sets the tone for the rest of the game and it allowed Framber to, to settle down. Uh, you know, we got some – we got some lucky hits this time. I mean, it's been going – you know, hadn't been going our way. So, it was a, it was a wonderful thing to see that. We saw the home run, obviously, but how did you think Alvarez just looked totally at the plate? How did you think his, his swing was, his timing, all that stuff? Well, he looked pretty good. You know, uh, it's going to be, you know, a little while, I think, before he gets his timing. Uh, uh, he, was, he was running a little gingerly. Uh, looked like his knees were bothering him some. So, you know, we, we had a close eye on him. I might 
uh, with Michael in the lineup. I might drop him down tomorrow in case I have to run for him. I don't have to tear off the middle of my lineup and uh, and use his big bat uh, toward the bottom until he gets, you know, his act totally together. Then we'll move him back up or it depends on who's in the lineup. Did him, going, did him going the other way surprise you at all? No, not really. I mean, this. I mean, he can hit it any part of the ballpark. And, uh, you know, uh, I've been told that, that nothing's a surprise me when it comes to him. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to, you know, to be surprised, uh, but, but I'm expecting that. And I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, he feels good. Uh, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a great to have another big bat in the lineup. Uh, now I can left, right, left, right. And, and with the new rules, uh, we have a pitcher has to face, uh, you know, uh, three batters, you know, three batter rule. And uh, that that's playing right into our hands. What do you think the difference was for Fromber? Was it the fact that he had some offense behind him, or did he make any adjustments after that first inning? Uh, a combination of both. You know, like uh, it didn't seem like he and um, uh, Maldi were on the same page early, but the but the run certainly helped. I mean, you know, you get nine runs, and and, and now you're just trying to figure out how you pitch five innings, especially uh, with all the pitches he threw in the first, to, you know, to get the win. Because that was his first win of the year. And we were like, come on, Framber, if you want this win, it's right out there for you. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a good night for us. It, it was a very good night. Now, tomorrow's a real big game because, you know, the third of the season is over tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we'd love to go 10 and 10. And then, and then the next third, uh, you know, really make some – you know, really make some hay, uh, you know, on the next uh, 20, I should say, on the next 20. But, you know, it's one game at a time. Dusty, so Brantley's workout with Gary went well before the game? Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that went well. You know, he's ready to play. Uh, I still got to keep an eye on him. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you're Don both. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it went well. Gary said that, you know, he moved pretty good. Uh, you know, he had him going left, right, and coming in on some balls. And, you know, he knows how to play, and, uh, and he knows his body. I just ask him to be honest with us, and uh, if I can get him out of there and, and preserve him for the next day and the next day, that's what I'll do. Dusty, you told us earlier in the season that um, hitting is contagious. Did you see that tonight? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and these guys had a good time. I mean, you know, when, you know, when you're hitting the world's – uh, bright and lovely and, and 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 wonderful. But when you're not hitting, boy, it looks dark and dreary. And you know, uh, you know. Now, I mean, everybody on the team was really, really praying for Jose. You know, uh, you know, we got to get Jose started. Uh, you know, we're probably not as worried about Jose as he's worried about Jose. But uh, you know, we just wanted Jose to, you know, to get some hits tonight. Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Say